about to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. God has been working me over in an area, so naturally after I get worked over, I work you over. Because it's just what uh, needs to be done. We're living in a really weird time right now. I don't know if you've noticed or not. Matthew chapter 24, we've been here before, but we're going to go completely different. Hi, Matthew 24, are you there? Hi, look at verse 3. It says, And as Jesus sat upon the Mount of Olives, his disciples came unto him privately and said, Tell us, when shall these things be, and what shall be the sign of thy coming and the end of the world? And Jesus answering and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. You shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There shall be famines and pestilences, earthquakes in diverse places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted. They shall kill you, and they shall be hated for all nations for my name's sake. And then shall many be offended, and shall betray one another, and hate one another. And many false prophets shall arise, and shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. There's a lot of many's. Did you notice that? But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. Hallelujah. That's the good news of the whole thing. The rest of it's not very good news. Now, right now, there's a lot of stuff going on, and especially if you're a Christian, if you're on media and internet and all that kind of stuff, you're hearing all kind of words of what's coming, what's going to take place, what's happening in November, what's not going to happen in November, what you should do in November, what you should do after November, what should you do before it's going on, and all these different things by different people who are basically prophesying and telling you what's coming, what's going on, and everybody's starting to agree that the last days are in motion right now. I'd have to agree that the last days basically somewhat are in in motion right now. But with all the different things that you hear from all different areas and stuff, I mean, how many of you know you can get confused before it's over with? So whenever I get confused, I do something very, very funny. I go to the Bible. That seems to work out pretty pretty good because Jesus usually knows what he's talking about, praise God. So notice what it says there. What's Jesus say about the time we're in? Basically, what are we supposed to do about what's going on and what's coming in? Well, look at verse 6 first of all. You shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you be what? See that you be what? All right, now here's some good advice, isn't it? How many know the chances of you being troubled right now are a lot greater than the chances were maybe two or three years ago? There's a chance for you to be worried. There's a chance for you to be troubled. So in this day and hour, we cannot be troubled by what's going on. If you continue to listen to what's going on, you will be troubled. Because it draws you into that. It gets in your heart. It gets in your thought life, and it does that. All right, what else are we supposed to do? Look at verse 12. And because of iniquity or sin shall abound, the love of many shall do what? The love of how many? many. How many? many? How many? many? Now notice, this is Jesus speaking. He says the love of many in these last days shall wax cold. So what I want to do is make sure that what's going on in the world does not taint 
the love that I have on the inside. Not only God's love for me, but my love for everybody else is I, I got to keep my heart from being hardened. I've got to keep my heart from getting involved in all this stuff. I got to keep a heart of love towards everybody else because I want to do first 13. I want to endure until the end so that I will be what? Saved. Praise God. And this is important. When I looked this up, I said, you know, at all the things he could say, he could have said, build a bunker. Build yourself a cement bunker and hide in it when all these things happen. Run to the hills for your life. But Jesus simply said, don't let the love that you have in your life wax cold in these times. And if you don't, you shall endure to the, to the end. Praise God. Hallelujah. All right, go to Genesis chapter 17. All right, Genesis chapter 17, look at verse 1. It says, When Abram was 90 years old and nine, the Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am the Almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. And I will make my covenant between me and thee, and I will multiply thee exceedingly. And Abram fell on his face, and God talked with him. Hallelujah. Glory to God. 17, verse 3, And Abraham did what? And what happened? Let me just say, you know, when we minister in here or the power of God's moving in here and we lay hands on you and the power of God knocks you down, don't be in a hurry to get up because God just may want to talk to you. But some people go down and they get up so darn quick that God's talking and they're just walking away and he can't get anything to them because they're walking out. All right, verse one. And when Abram was 99 years old, basically he appeared and he said, I am God Almighty. Say God Almighty. Now notice, one of the main things you've got to learn if you're going to grow in your kingdom relationship and your Christianity and everything is basically you must know who God is. That's why he came to him and said, I am God Almighty. He wanted to introduce himself to the source of the power and everything that he was going to need. He said, I am God Almighty. How many know by Abraham believing who God was, he had a baby at 100 years old. And his wife had a baby who was barren and she was in her 90s years old simply because he believed who God was at this time. Now the thing is, in the Old Testament, the problem is that people in that day and age did not have a revelation of who God really is. See, they weren't born again. They didn't have the right spirit. They had basically demonic on the inside of them. They were spiritually dead. They were there. So God introduced himself as God Almighty so that they could come into agreement with God so God could do something in the earth realm. Well, if Abraham, who wasn't even born again, wasn't filled with the Holy Ghost, could get miracles and big changes made in his life simply because he had a little revelation of God was Almighty, how much more could we be doing? Modi Alamakashaya knowing that God is more than just God Almighty right now. We've got the power of God on the inside of us. We've got the Spirit of God on the inside of us. We've got the glory of God on the inside of us. If he can have a baby at 100. Now, we want to move off babies, of course. I know. Everybody look at me like, oh, no, no. No, we took care of that, brother. It would be a miracle. No, we're not going. I'm just saying another things. Praise God. All right, go to 1 John chapter 4. Oh, there was some. <laughs> there was one. All right. We've got one. Do I hear two? Do I hear two or three? Make this an auction. Do I hear a boy or a girl? Boy or a girl? Twins. We're going for twins right now. Come on, twins right now. <laughs> Sold. <laughs> I 
Do you really want a child? Do you? You really want one? Father, we pray right now, and we thank you right now that your will is to replenish the earth, to multiply, praise God. We thank you for Lorna right now, and in the name of Jesus, we make her fertile by the word of the living God. We line up with your will in this situation. We thank you that she will be fruitful and multiply in the name of Jesus, and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Wait, God's moving on me to pull somebody else out of the crowd. No, he's not. Oh, yeah. Yeah, go that way. <laughs> yeah, go that way. Go towards Brandy. <laughs> All right, go to First John chapter 4. Did I tell you that? <laughs> I think my tugging's in your direction now, come to think of it. First John chapter 4. Look at verse 8. It says, He that loveth not knoweth not God, because God is who? Notice now, here's your kingdom revelation of God. Is God almighty? But God is also what? So God is love. Notice love isn't a feeling, isn't an emotion. Love is actually a person, and that person is God. So what, what revelation does God want to get over to the body of Christ? He wants to get over that God is love. Doesn't have love. He is love. Now, in the Old Testament, if you do a lot of reading in there, you're going to get messed up in a lot of areas if you don't know this revelation, because basically God did not deal with people back then because they did not know God was love. Do you understand? He dealt with them through fear. See, if you talked about your pastor like Miriam did and got leprosy all over, how many know you'd quit talking? You see what I mean? If, If the earth opened up and 120 people went down and got swallowed up, how many know you'd want to serve God too? See, what was it? It was the fear, basically, at that time. God was driving them by fear because that's all they could do. But now we got a new dispensation, and the dispensation now is God is love. Praise God. Say, God is love. love. So people basically in this day and age are going to get a revelation. In the Old Testament, they were basically afraid of God. So if God told them to do something, they either did it or else. Praise God. But we're not under that. Say, I'm not under that. All right, look at verse 9. In this was manifested the love of God toward us, because that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. Now notice, love isn't all talk, it's action. So God sent his son who is love into the world to save mankind. Did God send his son? Come on, did he send him into the world? Did he come? Did he suffer? Did he die? Was he buried? Did he stay in the grave? You know why? Love never fails. He couldn't stay in the grave. He was love, and love never fails, so he came out of the grave. So Jesus basically came. One of the things that he did was express the loving heart of the father of mankind who had no clue how much God actually loved them. Love was supposed to replace the fear that you brought over from the old life that you had, and love was going to eliminate that because perfect love casts out all fear. Well, if you don't have a revelation of God's love for you, you're going to live in fear the rest of your life because it's knowing about his love that casts out the fear that's in your life. All right, look at verse 10. 
Herein is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be a propitiation for our sins. So what's he saying here? He's saying basically, you walk around saying, I love God. Do you love God? I love God. Do you love God? I love God. That's not the answer. The answer is, does he love you? Because you can't love him until you know he loves you, and then you can love yourself and others because you'll love others as you love yourself. Who Are you following me? So you need to understand how much God loves you. That is the key to everything. And I mean, I run into Christians all the time and don't know. Don't know. Do you love God? With all my heart. What's going on in your life? Well, he killed my uncle. Come on, he stole my job. He's just teaching me, though. He's a real good God. Listen to me. God doesn't do that stuff. God does not need another flower in heaven, so he wipes out your child to do that. He's a God of love, so you don't love God. You think you love God, but you don't until you know how much God actually loves you. Praise God. Hallelujah. All right, look at verse 16. And we have known and believed the love that God has to us because God is love. Now watch this. He that dwells in love dwells in God, and God dwells where? In him. him. I mean, that's pretty good. I mean, if God dwells in you, you dwell in God, you might have a little power to do some stuff at that time, praise God. So notice what he's talking about here. He's talking about two things. You not only need to know the love of God, but you need to believe the love of God. All Christians know about the love of God, know the love of God, know this, know that, but not too many people actually believe. The word love basically in the Bible is called agape. Say agape. Agape. Not a feeling, not an emotion, but it is a person. And when you understand how much God loves you, it enables you to love yourself, enables you to love everybody else. You live and dwell in love, which is God, and God lives and dwells in you, and you have that one relationship that he prayed for in John 17 that we would become one with him. Now, let me ask you a question. Who wrote John? John. Very good. Go to John 21. (laughs) Told you you guys were sharp today. You thought I was kidding you. Yeah. Right on the ball today. All right, John 21, are you there? All right, let me see where I'm going to start here. Look at verse 15. So when they had dined, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? And he said unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He said unto him, Feed my lambs. He said to him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He said unto him, Yes, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He said unto him, Feed my sheep. He said unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he asked him the third time, Lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou know that I love thee. Jesus said unto him, Feed my sheep. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, when thou was young, thou girdest thyself, and walked whither where thou wouldest. But when thou shalt grow old, thou shalt stretch forth thy hands, and another shall gird thee, and carry thee whither thou wast to go. This spake he, signifying by what death he should glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said unto him, Follow me. Then Peter, turning about, seeing the disciple whom Jesus loved, following, which also leaned on his breast at the supper, and said, Lord, which is he that betrays thee? Peter, seeing him, said to Jesus, Lord, what shall this man do? Jesus said unto him, If I will that he tarry till I come, 
what is it that unto you? Just follow me. Now notice, this is a very interesting portion of Scripture here. Look at verse 20. Then Peter, turning about seeing the disciple whom Jesus loved, who was that disciple? John, John which also leaned on his breast at supper, he said unto the Lord, which has betrayed him. Now notice, John was known as the disciple that Jesus loved. How many of you know that? Now let me ask you a question. Was he the only disciple that Jesus loved? Of course he wasn't. He wasn't the only disciple that Jesus loved. Did Jesus love John more than the other disciples? No. No, he didn't. So why did John, why was John called the disciple that Jesus loved and nobody else was called the disciple that Jesus loved other than John was? You ever thought about that? Let me tell you why. Because John had a revelation. He not only knew but believed the love God had for him, and he called himself the disciple that Jesus loved. He said, I'm the disciple Jesus loved. Peter said, they say, who's that guy over there? Peter would say, oh, that's John. He's the disciple Jesus loved. Why did he say that? Because he had a revelation. Not only did he know, but he believed the love that he had for him, praise God. So basically, he loved all the disciples the same. And every disciple could have, could have said the same thing, could have claimed the same thing. Every Christian could have claimed the same thing. Every person could have claimed the same. Everybody born again can claim the same thing. But they don't. People come to me all the time and say, we've come to your church and, you, and Revelation just flies off the page on the inside and, and, you're, and you bring out more word and you touch my heart every time I come and you do it. I, I don't understand how you do that. Let me tell you how I do it. I'm the pastor Jesus loves. Amen. It's simple. I am the pastor that Jesus loves. Since I love him, I get revelation from him. I don't have to be feared about what revelation I get because perfect love casts out all fear. And it gives me an opportunity to love myself and love a congregation. And not because I have a job, not because I I need something to do, but because I love the people, I can do the ministry. Therefore, my ministry will never fail because it's done in... God, it's not that complicated. There's pastors out there all over the world working their little tails off. To get in the love of God and stay in the love of God, they're counseling and they're coming up with programs and they're doing this and they're doing that and they've got to do this so God approves of them and God loves them and they wear themselves out and quit the ministry. You don't have to because he already loves you unconditionally. So praise God, I'm the pastor, hallelujah, basically, that Jesus Jesus loves. loves, hallelujah. People say, well, you you stay calm. There's good times and bad times. The church had to shut down for a while. Bills came in. You weren't afraid of this, weren't afraid of that. Well, perfect love casts out all You don't just stand there and say, I won't be afraid. 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 In Jesus' name, I won't be afraid. Yes, you will. See, because it's the revelation of him, praise God, the perfect love that's there. Now go back to verse 15. So when they had dined, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou more than these? And Peter basically said to him, you know I love thee. How many know he didn't answer the question? Jesus said, do you love me more than these? Peter said, well, you know I love you. Why is that? Because he didn't have a revelation of the love of God for him. So he couldn't love God back to the same level that John could love him back. So he just said, you know, I love you. I mean, guys, has your wife ever gone, honey, do you love me more than everybody else? And you go, I know, you know, I love you. I mean, that don't go very good. (laughs) And when you get up off the floor, think about it a little bit and answer differently the next time that question is asked. So what was it? Peter did not have that. And remember, he was asked three times here, and I don't know if this is true or not, but he also denied Jesus how many times? You know, maybe Jesus was getting back at him a little bit. (laughs) Come on now. 
You know, you, you non-confess me three times. Now I'm going to make you confess me three times. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. All right. Look at, look at verse 18. Jesus says, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, when thou was young, thou girdest thyself, walkest whither thou wouldest. But when thou shalt be old, thou shalt stretch forth thy hands, and another shall gird thee, and carry thee whithersoever thou wouldst not go. Now notice, how many know he is saying trouble's coming? The year 2020 is coming. Trouble's coming. So he says, what you need to understand is you need to perfect my love for you so you will be ready when this time comes on you so you can make it through that time because your love will not wax cold. It'll be strong enough to make it through this time for you and you'll know that I love you and you'll love me and you'll even love the people who are persecuting you and everything's going to work out fine and dandy for you, praise God. So he was talking about understanding the love of God. All right, go down a little bit further. Let's go to verse 20. Then Peter turning about, seeing his disciple whom Jesus loved, following which he leaned on at the breast of the supper. Now, how many know at the last supper, Jesus said somebody's going to betray them, and how many know they all wanted to know who? So they went to John. Nobody asked Jesus. They went to John. John, you love Jesus, he loves you. Ask him a question for me, will you? Ask who's the one that betrayed him. Would you do that for me? Now, why did they go to John? Because when you know God loves you, you always get an answer from God. And you're not afraid to ask. See, so they went to the only one who would ask that question to begin with. And they went to one who they knew would get an answer. And it was John because he's the one that Jesus loved. Praise God. Hallelujah. So when you've got that understanding, your prayer life will boom. See, when you walk into the prayer room, you're not there just to pray. You're there because you're the one Jesus has been waiting on to get there all morning long, praise God. He was up at 4 o'clock, and you're coming in at 5. Ooh, it's about time you came. I wanted to see you. And you're walking in. You're not afraid. You're not bound. You're not in religion. I got to pray this morning. No, you don't gots to pray this morning. You should wants to pray this morning. Come on now. Come on. That should be. I mean, if you love somebody, don't you want to be around them now and then? But see, since, since most of us have been put in this fear mentality and denominational mentality and religion mentality that we're afraid of God half the time. Oh, I messed up yesterday. God's really mad at you. He ain't mad at you. The only one that got hurt by your mess up is you. So stop messing up. Understand his love and start operating in what you're supposed to operate in. All right, let's go down then to verse 21. Peter, seeing him, said to Jesus, Lord, what shall this man do? And Jesus said unto him, I will that he tarry till I come. So here's Peter. He's walking along. He's asked about loving Jesus. He sort of blows it off and said, you know that I love you. And then he talks about the supper and about John and all this kind of stuff. And he's got John walking behind him. Jesus is here. He's here. John's there. And Peter immediately says, what about this guy? Sounds like most Christians. What about this cat here? What about Sister Blabbermouth? What should we do with her? What should we do with Bobby Bucketmouth? What do we want to do with them in the church? Notice, but he wants you to do what you're supposed to do. Peter should have said, okay, I love you. I need to love you more, and I need to feed your sheep. How do I do that? He was so concerned with the other guy. What about him? What's he supposed to do? Jesus said, if I told him to follow me, let him follow me. Get off of it. And notice, oh, yeah, let's, let's go for it this morning. People all over in the body of Christ trying to get a word for everybody else. And I found out when they give me one, they ain't even got one for themselves yet. I've got a word for you. I've got a word for you. Get one for you first. 
And then out of that, give it to somebody else. That's not, that's not your calling to give everybody in the world direction and give everybody. Let the Holy Ghost have a little time with that person. See, it was, he's trying to get a word for John. Trust me, John didn't need a word. John loved the Lord. The Lord loved John. They were doing just fine without him getting involved, praise God, the whole time. They were walking down in love and peace and joy. But he had to get involved in something else. If you've got to get involved in everybody's stuff all the time, chances are there may be a little issue there, praise God. All right, go to Romans chapter 5. I'm going to leave that right there. Hi, Romans chapter 5, are you there? Look at verse 8. But God commendeth his love or shows his love or demonstrates his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ or love died for us. Do you see that? Look at it. But God commended, showed, demonstrated his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ or love died for us. Hallelujah. How many want to be set free this morning? I'm going to set you free of religion this morning. Are you ready? This one statement. Here it is. God loved you before you did anything. He loved you before you did anything. He loved you basically before you got born again. He loved you before you ever went to church. He loved you before you had any faith. He loved you before you ever tried to serve him. He loved you before you ever tithed. He loved you before you ever did the right thing. He loved you already. He loved me while I was sinning. He loved me while I was drinking. He loved me when I was all night long out partying. He loved me before I read the word. He loved me before I preached one sermon. God loves me. Hallelujah. How many believe that? Then why do you keep thinking you got to do something? If you really believe it. Well, I didn't pray this morning. God going to be mad at me. Oh, I got to do this. I got to do that. I've got to do that. You're doing the whole thing out of fear, basically. You don't do it out of fear. You do it out of knowing how much he loves you, basically. You don't have to do things to please God. You will want to do things to please God when you love him. And as long as you've got to do them, you're still in religion and you're still doing things and you will do yourself out and wear yourself out and never know how much God really loves you. There came a time in my life when I got, I got tired of performing for God. I felt like I was in the devil's circus. I was just doing circus acts for God, trying to get him to love me, trying to get to like me. One day I found out I didn't have to do anything then. Because back when I was drinking, he loved me then. He didn't love me the day I got born again. Oh, now I love you. No, he loved me before that. Thank God because he died so that I could get born again, see? And the whole church is trying to do things to get the love of God and acceptance of God. And you had the acceptance of God and the love of God way before you even were born and existed, for God's sakes. God had already did it. Hallelujah. Praise God. See, you won't pray because you have to. You'll pray because God loves you. You won't go to church and tithe because you have to. You do it because you know God loves you. You won't stop sinning and drinking and fight it. God loves me and I love him and I just can't do that stuff anymore. You'll be serving him. You'll read his word. You'll do all the things because he loves you, praise God. And that love just takes away all those do's and don'ts and haves to do and do this and religious that and religious this. And, and that's why, you know, when we first start out in, in preaching, you get up there and you preach and the devil comes right along and said, you should have mentioned this, that, this, that, this, that. And God's mad at you because you didn't mention this, that, this, that. So then you want to go back out and do act two, but everybody left already and it's too late to minister to anybody. So the next sermon, you try to make it up. No, don't take those lies. God's pleased with me if I get up here and say, hello. <laughs> He ain't going to like me any more or any less or love me any more or any less if I preach the whole sermon or one part of the sermon, see? Because he loves you no matter what you do, it doesn't make that much difference to him. You understand? He's trying to get you to go forward in your life and understand how much he loves you. 
And people come to me all the time and say, well, if I don't go to church on Sunday, if I don't go there, God's going to get mad at me. No. If, if you don't go to church on Sunday, you're not going to find out what he had for you. That's right. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm guilty. I'm guilty. I didn't go. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. Well, I didn't pray and I didn't read for three days now and, and God's mad at me. No, you, you probably just forgot about how much he loves you because you didn't read for three days and now you've got to get back into that place where you are. But notice it's all been done for you. He did it. People say, well, I'm going to love and serve God because I don't want any fire to come down and hit me or lightning come down and hit me. That, that's got nothing to do with God, praise God. As a matter of fact, your prayer time and your spiritual growth benefits you a lot more than it benefits him, even though it benefits him because he's got to get you to grow up to fulfill the purpose at which you were put here for. And you can't do it if you're afraid of God all the time, praise God. And things come into your life that steal that love of God. Let's face it, every time something bad happens, our first mindset goes to, why did God allow this? Why did God put this on me? Why did that happen? What is that? God didn't have anything to do with that thing. He told you how to get through what came upon your life. He didn't bring it into your life for that. I mean, he either loves you or don't. You better make up your mind at this point. Well, he struck me with lightning and put me in a coma. Well, that ain't God, praise God. He's not in the lightning business. See, you don't know the love of God. You don't know how much he loves you. You don't know he's not out to beat you and chastise you and, and maul you. And to, He's there to lead you and guide you basically through all the troubles. Are there going to be troubles down here? You bet there are. I never want to have a problem, never want to have faith again. Die. As long as you're here, you're going to need that stuff. You're going to have to have it. But you have to have a revelation of how God's unconditional love means to you and how important it is to you. All right, go to Romans chapter 8. Now, this scripture always baffled me. Remember, I got born again. I grew up under a lot of ministers. I grew up heavily in the faith movement and all that kind of stuff. But this scripture always... Mess me up here. Romans chapter 8. Look at verse 35. What shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, distress, persecution, a little famine, nakedness, peril, war? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us, for I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in who? Now, notice, this lists a lot of things, don't it? Problems, difficulties, tribulation, persecution, all these things, but in all these things, you are more than a... Now, notice, it doesn't even mention faith. How can you leave faith out of that scripture? What's the matter with you? Don't you know you have to faith and believe God, but he puts something there by the name of Love cannot separate you from the love of God. Why is that? Because faith works by love, and faith is what releases the supernatural power that you have. So why does the devil come? He, he doesn't really come at your faith. He doesn't really come at your power. He comes at your love. Because if he can make your heart grow cold in this day and hour, the love that's in there, and I'll tell you, there is a good chance. I'm telling you, what, I'm fighting this thing every day. I'm just going to be honest with you. With the political stuff that's going on, with the demonstrations that are going on, with the sports things that are going on, it's hard to keep your heart clean right now. You know? And God just keeps warning me, just keeps saying, you know, you, you got to love those people. Yes. Sounds like a lot of fun. And I say, how? And of course, you always have the thing pray for those people. 
So I'm going to pray for the people running Planned Parenthood right now. Oh, Lord, send lightning down and burn up every... I mean, that might not be God. No, Lord, Lord, bless the people there. Open their eyes. Get it. Help the Antiva. Help the sports people so their eyes will be open, that they can see what's going on. You know why? Because he even loves them now. And then he said, if you think way back before you were born again, you were much better. And yeah, well, I forgot about that. That's the old life. We don't think about that anymore. Praise God. No, but it's back there. See, he loves these people. His idea is to get them in the kingdom. My idea is to do something else. So what am I doing? I'm praying for him more. He said, I want to start your prayer time every morning by praying for these areas. And something that really touched me, we were watching the Republican convention on TV, and that one lady got up, I don't know if you saw or not, she had worked for Planned Parenthood for several years, but now God opened her eyes and she saw what she was actually doing, and she came out and she gave a talk against Planned Parenthood. And you said, he said to me, That's a, you really liked that talk, didn't you? I said, yeah, I really liked that talk. He said, if you met her two years ago before she came out, would you have liked her? I said, well, I wouldn't be talking about her near as much as I am right now. This one. <laughs> see, to God, it doesn't matter. You understand? God's trying to get everyone so that they can see and come into the kingdom and operate in the kingdom of God and do the things of the kingdom of God. And we are here to extend the kingdom, not kill all those who don't want to come in. And I mean, it gets, it gets tough. You can't turn on your computer, bang, all this stuff comes out. You turn on your phone, stuff jumping at you all the time. It's really hard to do it. So that's what I've been doing lately for me. I'm not saying that's what you got to do. i got to pray for these people every time I start to pray in the morning. It's an excited prayer life for the first 15 minutes. And then I get into the good stuff, if you will. But that's the way God is. See, love. He says, if nothing can separate you from the love of God, you're going to walk as more than a conqueror in every single thing that you've done. So these things come to separate us from God's love to get us to think God doesn't love me anymore. God doesn't care about me anymore. God, and I'll tell you what, he'll use anything. A death in your family comes to separate you from the love of God when it happens. Because nine times out of ten, people right off the bat blame God. In a car wreck, blame God. Everybody wants to blame God for everything because, you know, God's in control. See, that God in control is the most demonic thing that was ever taught behind the pulpit. I don't care what kind of suit they had on. I don't care what kind of tie they had on. doesn't make any difference. That was so you'd be separated from the love of God, have no faith, and not walk in the power of God because the three run together. And he's just, you've got the power, you've got the faith. He's trying to knock the love right out of the bottom of that pyramid to keep you from operating the thing. In this day and age, I mean, things are bad now, but how many know they, they might get worse? And if we can't do now, if we can't stand the love of God now, if we can't understand he loves us now, then we're going to have trouble in the future if more of this stuff comes on because it's going to keep coming. So you've got to make a decision, praise God. Say, I'm the person that Jesus loves. Hallelujah. So in tribulation, God loves me. In distress, God loves me. If it comes to famine, God loves me. And the more I do that, and here, here's where Christians men too, I found out. And I did it too. And it's, all, it's not wrong, it's just not complete. Do you understand what I'm saying? In other words, I was supposed to read the word and read the word and confess the word and confess the word and read more than a conquer. Uh, I'm full of the power of the Holy Ghost. Full of the power of the Holy Ghost. Keep my confession straight. Do this stuff straight. Do this straight. straight. But notice, faith only works by love. So even though I was, I mean, I, was, I confessed the scripture more than Jesus did, I think. But my faith wasn't going anywhere. And it's because I didn't know how much he loved me. Now watch this. He doesn't do things in your life because of your faith. 
He does things in your life or did because he loves you. He didn't go to the cross because you had faith. Send Jesus to the cross. I believe it in Jesus' name. Get to the cross. Jesus, I believe, I believe. No. See, everything that he did for you, he did in love. He did every single thing in love. Now, what am I going to do? I'm going to spend time in the Word, and that shows me what he did for me in love so I can receive it and get the power of God from it on the inside. Are you following? So everything he did by love. He saved me because he loved me. Finally, I confessed it and got it, but it doesn't make any difference. He already loved me and saved me, and if I never got saved, it certainly wasn't his fault. It was my fault because I didn't understand what was going on. Look, get this. He healed you because he loved you, and he healed you a long time ago. So I just get the faith that he loved me enough to heal me, and he suffered, went on the cross, and took my sickness. So I'm healed from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. People come to me all the time and say, I don't think i got enough faith to receive before you lay hands on me. I always say, does he have enough love? And he does. But see, we, we've put, focused on faith, which isn't bad so much, so much, so much, that until you get the revelation of the love of God, if you just meditate on how much he loves you, faith will just start blowing up on the inside of you, praise God. It'll just start, it's like a, just start to expand like a helium balloon on the inside of me. It's not so much about the faith, it's how much he loves me. Does he want the best for me? Yes. Does he want me to understand the word? Yes. Does he want me to preach with power to people? Yes. Does he want me to change their minds and take them out of the old life and the new life? Yes. Does he want all these things in my life? Yes. And he did all these things for me is because he loved me. And even if I do them or don't do them, he's still going to love me. I could have never stepped behind the pulpit one time, never preached one sermon, not helped one person, and how many know he would still love me? See, it's not based on what you do. It's not based on the religious activity. It's not based on how many times you clean the toilets in here. It's not based on whether you spin the popcorn machine or whatever you do, praise God. It's based on he loves you and decided to love you a long time ago unconditionally. So I'm in a position now, it don't matter if, if people like me. It don't matter if my coworkers like me. It don't matter if anybody loves me. It don't even matter if sometimes my wife don't even love me. He loves me all the time, see? Takes all the pressure off. And if I got to pick somebody to love me, it would be him. See, and I got that revelation early. It just came to me. It just blossomed on the inside of me that God loves me. Takes the pressure off, praise God. You don't have to perform anymore. All right, go go to Galatians chapter 5. All right, Galatians chapter 5, are you there? Look at verse 6. It says, For in Jesus Christ neither circumcision availeth anything or uncircumcision. In order order to tell you nothing you can do makes that big a difference. But what does matter? Faith worketh by what? So if I don't know God loves me, I I don't care how many times I quote the Scriptures, I don't care how many times I see the Scriptures, I don't care how many times I do it, I'm still not going to trust God. I want a new car, but maybe God's mad at me and don't want to get me a new car because I sinned yesterday and I yelled at my dog, and so he probably ain't going to do it. So, so I'm believing you for a car even though I'm not because I don't think you want to be... You see? That's the way my mind runs. I don't know how your mind runs, but that's the way my mind used to run all the time. Well, believe God for that money that you need. I believe you for the money. You meet all my needs according to your riches and glory. Yes, 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 yes. And then I thought, well, does he really want to give me the money? Probably not. Probably think I'll screw it up again anyway. So, I, but, but I'm believing you. No, you weren't believing him. You were doubting him to begin with, and you were doubting his love. But when I knew that he loved me, and he said, "Hey, 
I'll meet all your needs according to your riches. That sounds like a good one to me, praise God. I'll go ahead and take that. But notice he meets your needs because he loves you. He anointed you because he loves you. He blesses you because he loves you. Everything is out of his love. And when you understand that love, faith will rise up on the inside of you. Now, once I know that he loves me, then I started to love me. Sometimes that's a chore for people. I just can't love my, I'm just so terrible, I just can't do anything. You don't know God's love, and you're trying to love with a worldly love. One day you feel holy, then you don't. One day you feel righteous. I mean, that song we sing now where I am holy, I am righteous, people are actually singing it with belief. See, the first time you say it, I am, what? Why? And now people are like, bless God, through the, I'm righteous and I'm holy. I am holy, I am righteous. They're blurting it out there. Why? You believe it, praise God. You saw it in the word of God. Glory to God. And it's putting that excitement, that fire on the inside of you, praise God. So basically what it does, now I can love myself. Now I can love my neighbor yes. as I love myself. What do you think of you? I'm just terrible. I'm just a sinner. I'm trying to serve God, but I love you. No, you don't. As a matter of fact, we'll see you later. I don't even want to talk to you right now. It ain't going to be so good. You can't do both. It's impossible. And when you find out how much God loves you, then you can love yourself. Hallelujah. And then you can love other people. And then you can, and then you can get in the ministry. Come on, there's too many people in the ministry without the first revelation. So they want to please everybody. They're afraid of everybody and what they're going to say and all this and that and who cares and who don't and who what and whoever. You have to do that if you know God loves you. If you don't and don't have that confidence to do it, then, then you're not going to be able to do it in ministry. And before long, you're going to be doing what everybody tells you to do. Well, I just think we ought to do this. We'll keep thinking it. I'm sorry. I hear from God. I don't need to have somebody. And, and if you've got a suggestion, that's fine. There's no problem there. I take suggestions, and they're good. But you can't take over. You see what I mean? God called me to this position. I didn't say, God, give me this position. He called me to this position and has raised me up on the word to this point with revelation to help people change their minds. And the biggest change you can do in your entire life is to understand that God loves you unconditionally. Bad day, I don't care. God loves me. Going to be better tomorrow. Going through a troubled spot, a love of God, I ain't going to separate the love of God from me. I'm going to go right through that thing, praise God, because God loves me. He's going to show me how to do it. He's going to do it. Keeps you out of fear, keeps you walking, makes you victorious in every single thing the enemy may throw at your life. Any natural circumstance that comes, it'll take you right through. But notice, you've got to, in this day and age, in order to endure and make it to the end, you've got to watch this heart. You got to, it'll start to turn to stone and you won't even know it. I mean, mine was getting stony about all this stuff, especially politicians. My God, I had a rock in there. Took a Holy Ghost sledgehammer to get that thing out of here. And you think, how can these people be so stupid? You ever thought that? And then I go back and I think, well, when I was back drinking and carousing, I saw good Christians and I thought, how can they be so stupid? Going to church and giving money to that preacher. What's the matter with these people? They're crazy, man. I wish I could help them back into the world. I'll tell you what, whatever you hear all the time, you think is right. Even if it don't make natural sense, you think it's right. You've just heard it over and over again. You programmed it like a computer. This is the truth now. Even though it's a lie, it's a truth. And you believed it, see? And you were there. And then God brought you out and all at once. You're looking at those people saying, what's the matter with those people? And you were those people just a little while ago, praise God. So sometimes you've got to remember whence you came from. And there's people out there. I'm sure some of the people on Antiva, God wants to save. 
I think there's some politicians that God wants to finally get through and get them delivered and get them saved, praise God. I believe that they, they need to go to heaven when they die rather than to hell when they die. So you've got to keep that in the midst of your heart because the news media blasts you and everything you turn on hits you to the right and hits you to the left and messes you up. So you've got to do it. So one thing you can always do, I found out, is pray for people. When you pray for, you cannot pray for people without your heart being softened up somewhat in order to do that because it takes your time and your love in order to do that. Praise God. So God loves you this morning. Say, God loves me. Say, I'm the person person that Jesus loves. loves. All right, I just want to talk to the camera just for a second here. Can I do that? If you watch this on replay and you're out there today, you need to get over whatever is holding you back from God. I don't care what you did in the past. I don't care if you had a divorce. I don't care if you had an abortion. I don't care what you did. God loved you through the whole thing. It didn't make any difference. And he still loves you. If you walk into church, it's not going to fall down like you keep telling everybody. It's going to rise up, praise God, and the angels will be singing because you finally came back to where you belong. God loves you no matter what has happened in your life. Don't compare him to your father, your grandfather. They're not that good, praise God. You compare God, and he loves you with all of his heart. He wants a relationship with you even deeper than what you got right now, but you've got to understand, not only know, but you've got to believe the love that God has for you. God is love, and he's done everything he could for you through the love that he has for you. Hallelujah. All right, praise God. Glory to God. Just close your eyes. Okay, Holy Ghost, go to work. You wanted me to throw it out there, put the seed in, now you go to work. You show each and every person in here how much that you love them. You show them the thoughts in their minds and the words of their mouth that do not line up with you loving them. Every time they make a dumb statement, have them correct it, catch it, and move on, praise God. Let them understand how much love you have for them as they grow in it. Father, I even pray that they get the goosey bumpies and the feely feelies every now and then, praise God. Just understand how much, praise God, that you love each and every person here. Father, I thank you for loving us all so much. I thank you for what you've already done for each and every one of us. And we give you praise and glory because we are a TCVC, the people that you love. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. All right. shall be added on.